1: You know what that music means? It means you're listening to The Mystery of Parenthood. I'm Trey Cashin, and we're going to begin, as we always do, with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become, for each successive generation, a true shrine of life and love. in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us, St. John Paul II, pray for us, St. Michael the Archangel, pray for us, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Wow, need a drink of water. That's Thaddeus over there, <laughs> grateful for it. Not Checkling. to leave
0: any any lingering yeah, they, they, questions yeah, in yeah, our yeah, listeners' not, minds. It's I have water. Listened,
1: I have listened to the Catholic Man Show, I think. Mm-hmm. They always have a cocktail.
0: They do. They always have a man drink to start the show. That's on That's on uh, Thursdays at 11 a.m., folks, here I on Red Sea Catholic Radio. I, I haven't
1: listened to too many, but... but the first term I turned it on, they started off talking about a particular bourbon. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, pfft. yep, interesting."
0: Those do a man <laughs> drink, a man <laughs> gear, and a manly topic for the conversation. Nice. Yep. Well, anyway, um should we? Maybe we should adopt that for a mystery of parenthood. Uh, yeah, we might have to move back a little <laughs> bit
1: later. <laughs> yeah. Trey won't be able to go back to work if we do that. But um anyway, well, I thought you know, I thought that today we would kind of re- rehash. um um something we've talked about before but I think it's worth going through which is which is the evangelization of our of our families and we you know as the catechism says as the church says that we're we as parents are meant to be the first heralds of the gospel to our children and um that's a duty of ours in fact I, I I'm going to um the potential of Misspeaking, but I'm pretty sure it's true that, that actually parent in the in canon law is a is a um an actual um position or what I mean, it's something that, that comes with duties and, and um and obligations as a parent that we're that we're called to do. So we need to take seriously the fact that as the first heralds that we are that we evangelize. And so I've got four things here that I think um will be foundational to uh to beginning towards that so um before i get before i get to that i think that that there are this is coming from a a, a talk and something i've written something i i've written about before about how do you set your family ablaze you know how do you how do you um head towards you know at least in in concept the the, what happened on pentecost it's a church we're calling we're, we're what do we need to do to set our families ablaze so that the light of Christ actually shines out to the world in a way that draws people um, to want to hear this. But this is, this is primarily focused on, um, on within the family, but, but certainly it extends beyond that. Um, so uh, if that's okay with you, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll begin. Um We'll start with a definition, which I think is important of what evangelization is, being good Catholic, and all my professors always said, define your terms. Um, it Simply put, um, the Catechism in 905 says that, that evangelization is a proclamation of Christ by word and testimony of life. So it's word and deed that, um, that allow for Christ to be proclaimed most effectively. And every teacher I ever had, um, I always loved the program I went to because there was more, it was a lived experience. You could tell by them that it was not just, you know, studying a bunch of facts, but it was a a lived experience and they were able to communicate that. And so we as, um, as Christians, as Catholics, as parents um, need to focus on both Proclaiming by word who Christ, who Christ is and what he's accomplished for us, but also by our lives.
0: Yeah, I think that that's, um, I like that a lot more than the reputed phrase or the phrase reputed to be uttered by St. Francis of Assisi, which is, which actually touches, preach the gospel yeah. at all times when and when necessary use words. And the catechism says, no, you're always using word and deed word
1: and example exactly and and that's and that's important. I'll, I'll probably come back to it but i always said the reason if 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 saint francis did say that the reason he was saying that my my wife might contend with this with regard to me you can't speak all the time <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so your life has got to exhibit that but you can't leave it to just that he didn't do that to say you don't have to speak He did it to say, because when you're not speaking or incapable of speaking, your life needs to speak. Right. So um, it is one of my pet peeves that people will turn to that saying, I, you know, I'm living a good Christian life. It gets
0: used a lot to just, to to just say, you don't really have to use words or preach to. Right. And, and that's just
1: not. Teach the Catholic faith. That's not what it says, but it's because it is by word and, and testimony of life. So this this um we're not going to focus on the beginning of this but i think it's important to touch on a couple things first um you have the idea of fire and the acronym FIRE is is a good way to start so to be able to preach him by word to be able to to be able to share by word you have you have oh, to, uh, can
0: i yeah go ahead before you go down the road just to point go a little bit farther in the catechism the Catechism actually doubles down, kind of "quote unquote" doubles down, as that phrase gets yeah. to used today, on what it's saying about word and deed. It quotes from uh, a, a document from Vatican II. This witness of life, however, is not the sole element in the apostolate. The true apostle is on the lookout, on the lookout for occasions of announcing Christ by word, exactly, either to unbelievers or to the faithful. So it almost says
1: you if you're not looking for times where words are necessary you're doing something wrong right and that's and we are going to talk about that cuz i've cuz underneath the underneath the four things we're going to talk about one of those that's going to springboard right off of what you said there so um so first faith i'm just going to go through this real quickly the 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 if fire is the acronym for for setting your family on uh, a blaze so to speak um so that people see Christ um, and hear his teaching.
0: No copyright infringement meant Matt Rice by saying exactly. we're setting our families ablaze. Never right.
1: Exactly. <laughs> if you're listening. Uh, yeah. So anyway, you can take credit if you want. That's good. But, but, um, but the F in fire is a twofold is faith and there's, two pieces to that, that that allow you it's actually it actually does um, springboards into both the the word and the deed first off there's objective faith and that's why we have to study our we have to study our faith there is a there is um, truth that has been revealed in and through the person of Christ I mean there there those truths and understanding that I heard today on the way into work I heard one of the ones that was a that that uh you, you do do it was your voice it was um oh so you heard on, this on heard red sea catholic on red radio red sea catholic radio of course awesome. i listen i listen frequently uh, not to myself but <laughs> um but it was it was talking about um about the fact that that your actions flow from your beliefs I'm, oh this oh, is yeah. our virtues series virtue virtues the, series and that if if your the cardinal virtues inaccurately formed as a theological person. to, to what, what the content is, to what the creed that you believe, mm. then that will lead to actions that are um, contrary or at least not consistent with um, what it means. So we do have an obligation to yeah. do that, and as a statement of faith, at a minimum. I was talking with my with my fresh one of my freshmen over at Texas, and and he's been talking with a lot of Protestant friends, and and one of them i i thought it was interesting is working at the, at at a place in austin and the to work there as a minister or whatever you had to sign a 14 page statement of faith 14 pages um and that's longer <laughs> than the catechism i think <laughs> wait, wait, is it, it yeah <laughs> a lot <laughs> a lot longer uh, not as long as the catechism no but but at the same time you wow. know in terms of our creed we say it every Sunday. I would say you realize that, that, that what we believe, at least as an outline, <laughs> is framed in the Nicene Creed um, or the Apostles' Creed with regard to that. We believe in one God, you know, the Father Almighty, and that, that is our statement of faith. Um, it would be neat if someone
0: on the internet somewhere took the Nicene Creed and sort of arranged it with you know those little plus signs next to each of the and you could click click on the plus sign and and this menu would drop down oh, out of okay oh, here's yeah. the parts of the the creed that apply to right. that are really a part of this statement of, of right. the and creed because that's how you have to imagine each of those statements is that they're just a it's 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 a true statement of faith it's also a heading for Many, many
1: other, many, many other teachings. Exactly, and so, so to start there, and to know that it's effectively the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What we believe about the Father, Mm -hmm. what we believe about the Son, what we believe about the Holy Spirit, and what the Holy Spirit, how it's acting Mm -hmm. um, in and through the Church. Right, and so in several lines, um, I don't know how many, maybe, maybe (laughs) twenty, certainly less than a page. You, you have kind of an outline of what we believe um and that's been hashed out over millennia um that one was hashed out over several centuries mm-hmm. but it flowed from errant <laughs> i mean the way it came out was because of different errors that needed to be um addressed and so the content of faith is is what we would call the obje- objective faith but then there's also um subjective faith, which would be more in lines with the trusting of God at living in a way that shows that what we believe about God and the fact that we are uh, sons and daughters of God, children of God, um, that that should flow out into the way we live. So th- there, there is objective faith, what we believe, and then there's subjective faith, which is the way we live that out, which mm-hmm. which, which is a trusting relationship with a father and united with the son and that we know that this Holy Spirit uh, indwells us and, and is there to help us um, do what the subjective faith sort of rests
0: on the objective. faith. Absolutely. It's not a, you know, my truth, your truth kind of a thing. It's how I live out the objective faith.
1: Right. So, I mean, with regard to the mystery of parenthood, the fact that God has revealed himself as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as a communion of persons, and that link with the fact that in the beginning, God said, let, let us make man in our image, male and female, he created them, and then be fruitful and multiply, shows us that it's important to understand that God is one, but that he's three persons in communion, three distinct persons in communion, and that we're meant to be in communion, which is... We can get a lot of what um how we're supposed to live from that, and the theology body flows from that and and e- even understanding that we're meant to be in communion with others is essential to that. It, we're not meant to be alone. Um, and there's a lot of loneliness. I think that particularly during this time, we were just talking about that before the show, lots of loneliness that has flowed from, yes. You know, even just the masks um, and not being able to see somebody smile or frown or yeah. re- reading them is 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 something that's become more tangible. It, it makes people reluctant
0: to acknowledge one other people as human beings in public. Right.
1: I mean, and you're it it. it Fear flows from it, and you know, by the, by the even this the wearing of the mask. I'm not saying I'm mm-hmm. against the wearing of the mask. I'm just saying it's a consequence of it. It's a consequence of what came, and 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 it flows from an understanding of who God is and who we are, being made in His image. That it should feel odd. It should feel uncomfortable, even if it's even if it were even if it is necessary. Yep. Um, so, faith, both of those are important. Then that's the F. Uh, objective and subjective and then i is integration so it's taking the faith and integrating it into our into our lives i was talking with my brother last night and he had an encounter with with a person who's um who's who's dying and um it it really it took him aback because he went over to give this this was not this is not somebody with with covid um and he hugged her and she said it's been a long time since somebody's done that mm. <laughs> mm. and and it, it it I mean he called me very upset and i said mm. well that i said that's that's sad um and it can be even a little bit of anger angering that that she hasn't had somebody hug her but it's also a grace because you you actually now understand what, at least from maybe at the foot of the cross, what Christ was experienced from, from, his, from his being there. So the integration of that is understanding and taking it back and putting in the context of what we know, because we do know, as I mentioned to him in Matthew 25, when the last judgment, where, you know, he talks about when I was sick, you visited me. So we are to reach out and, uh, you know, I I said, it's a corporal work of mercy because what's that? And I'm like, well, it's those things, you know, when I was hungry, you fed me when I was thirsty, you gave me to drink when I was naked, you clothed me when I was sick, you visited me. Um, And so that's, that's an integrated look. It's taking the faith and then applying it to how you reach out to people. And my mother was. notorious. (laughs) notorious. <laughs> she's, God rest her soul. She's, she's been gone 21 years, I guess now. But if you talk to people who knew her, she, they would always say, she always hugged me. And I never felt comfortable being hugged by people, a person I didn't know, but there was always something about her. And on her deathbed, I asked her, you know, what, what is that? And she said, Trey, I I, I just have always prayed for and, and certainly here towards the end of my life, I see Jesus in those people. That's a very integrated look, um, a way of looking at life. So integration is taking that faith and then integrating into what we do, what we put as, what we deem as important and how we um, allocate our time and our money and everything about ourselves is formed by that faith and integrated into our into our life. and so um, so integration, so faith and integration. and then the third thing on fire, the third one, the R in fire is on relationships that it should that it we're meant to be in relationships with others, and that's where the evangelization is meant to occur within existing relationships, investing in people and having people invest in us in a way that we grow closer in the person of Christ to one another, but it's always in a relationship. It's much easier to have a conversation with somebody that you have a relationship with to, to challenge them or to be challenged is always better to be coming from somebody who you have a relationship with. Right. I mean, you'll listen much more um, closely to somebody who by their actions in the past, have shown that they care about you, that they that they love you, and that, that they're not willing to leave you where you are if you're going off track, right? And so, relationships are big. Well, that springboards into the family. By the concrete fact that you're a family, a husband and a wife with children... That's a relationship that we know is meant to be fostered and built and then extended into making this connection, teaching the faith, um, living the faith, integrating it and 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 showing trust in God and then building those relationships in a way that the message can be um, passed on. And so um, now we'll get to to the E, which is evangelization, which is really within the family and without the family, I mean, or outside of the family, the same things apply, um, to doing that. So, um, the thing I loved about it and also in nine Oh five, well, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. So if you are a parent and you have children and you're, Catholic Christian and you and you accept the role that you have then you're called to evangelize that 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 is your call and that can be because maybe you don't feel like you understand the faith or um, haven't had a lived encounter with Christ that's something that you need to lean into and say I I know and God promises Jesus says I'm with you always until the end of the age, right? So he's with us in, in this deal. And he's asking, if he asks us for us, he will, he will empower us. I think there's a saying that says, um, you know, he, he doesn't, um, what is it? He doesn't call the, he doesn't call the, um, he doesn't call those who are equipped. He equips those who are called. So it's just us accepting that that's our role and then doing it. That is what we're meant to do. Trusting that he and the Holy Spirit and the grace of the sacrament of marriage will provide us with the means to be able to study the faith, integrate it, build relationships with our spouse and with our children, and then in turn evangelize through that. Sound like a good foundation. To go back to, uh...
0: A document that we really enjoyed working through last fall, Bishop Olmsted from the Diocese of Phoenix. Right. His document, Complete My Joy, and it was a joy for us to complete that, that was, document that together. Awesome. Yep. Um, he has a passage in there where he's talking about the domestic church, the Christian family, the littlest living cell of the church, he calls it. And he he um, writes there that the little domestic church like the greater church needs to be constantly and intensely evangelized and i think that's something that's really important to remember as a as a father i'm speaking about this myself that the job of uh, inculcating my in my children the objective faith and also kind of nurturing their subjective faith. It's not something where I can ever say, okay, whew, I'm done. Check that off. <laughs> I, they're set. They're good to go. It's ongoing. It's constant. And it and it can be Yeah I'm, really difficult. And you can feel like you're not equipped. <laughs> you're not equipped to do it. You can feel like maybe you're flailing away or you're not doing all that you can um but don't don't despair don't give up don't certainly don't give in to the secular world to the voices that want to drown out right absolutely
1: the light of faith in your children but just persevere so be confident you know you're 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 the great commission is to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Well, that begins with your, with your family. So we're we're meant to go and make disciples. So how do you go and make disciples? Um, first, looking at the church herself, a domestic church has to begin with. And these are the these are basically four, um, four. Unfortunately, they're not they're not. Um, there they're not uh, a nice acronym like fire <laughs> but but um, but the first one is to pray and and to pray is essential because the church if you think about it we're going to have Pentecost here in a few weeks that was what it was a prayerful they prayed for nine days so we should be knowing that if we're going to evangelize and that evangelization is going to be um, Fruitful, that we should, prayer should be the first thing that we do, asking for the Holy Spirit to um, empower us, to give us the words. Um, I, I think it's also important that as you're dealing with a child, pray for them to be convicted. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we for, I think lots of times we think it's like just between the two of you. The Holy Spirit, they're, if they're baptized children, indwells them, indwells you, and there's a source of unity there. So I think when you're struggling with a child, one of the th- things that should should go, and not just making the argument of you shouldn't do this or you should do that, um, is to pray for them, for the Holy Spirit to prompt them to encourage them and and use use God <laughs> and put him at the center of anything that you're dealing with that person on. So Prayer, um, without going, it is something that we should we should put at the top.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I would also add. I got this from my friend, a Norbertine priest, about guardian angels. Absolutely, every single human being has a guardian angel, and to ask your guardian angel to go to your child's guardian angel and and ease that. Conversation. If it's a difficult conversation, prepare the way for you. Prepare the ground to to receive the the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit and, and to receive your counsel or or your your discipline that you need to to give. And and that and that you be prepared to hear your child and to understand their you know their needs and their struggles. So right.
1: Do that too. Absolutely. Because if if you that, first off. That's central to a sacramental understanding of there's, there are visible things going on. Yes. We're not contending against merely flesh and blood, right? It's not me versus my child, right? All right? It's versus the spirits, you know, the elemental spirits of, mm-hmm. uh, as Paul says in Ephesians. Yep. And so what's going on is more than just um, an argument. <laughs> It, it, unity is meant to come. So praying for that and then realizing that there are guardian angels, one for you and one for the person you're talking to that can be enlisted. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the Holy Spirit who's indwelling both of you can be that. I I think we tend to not call on either of those as well. It's not our first response <laughs> and it should be our first response. And so Every day we should all pray for, you know, recognizing what needs to be addressed, what needs to be talked through, and then for the loving truth to come out of me in a way that and and for the reception of that to come from that and then me to recognize when if the child is coming back with something to not to to receive that as well and to see what's going on, what doors are, are opening from from their comments. Um. And not pounce, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talking about this just
0: makes me look at my myself and think about you know how often I'm really addressing things or responding to things out of my fatigue, out of my Absolutely. stress, out of my frustration. Um, you know, maybe maybe my own past, probably my own past. Absolutely. Um, I'm not taking the high road. First and, you know, starting with with prayer and starting with just even a quick
1: exhortation of Holy Spirit. Help me. Absolutely. Smooth this out. And that that remember prayer, St. Therese of Lisieux, at the beginning of the of the section on prayer, she says it's just a simple glance towards heaven. Right. Now, it's not some hugely articulate to just call on the Holy Spirit, to call on your guardian angel, to call on Jesus. Help me. You know, Jesus help me. Those are, those are, those are things that we forget. It really can be a prayer that can be, that can come that quickly. And you'd be surprised because the other thing is, is God is able to use us even in our fallen nature and amidst the stress. If we'll invite him in, Mm -hmm. it's amazing what, a child can hear that they need to hear that may not have come out the way we wanted it. If we engage the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit for them to see between the lines um, and they may not know that's going on and you may not even recognize it. But I've seen it more than once. Not only in my raising of kids, but even just in giving talks um that people come and say, "Well, when you said this, and I'm I'm pretty sure I didn't say that, but I'm glad that that's how you took it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that the Holy Spirit and it, it did so, it did something. Um, the Holy Spirit's able to take and in the heart, I think, actually reconfigure it or whatever in a way that it, it can still have that as long as we're engaging Him and allowing Him. Kind He's like not... how Christ was able to
0: take just the two the two loaves and the Five, the five fish and the two loaves. I'm getting.
1: I'm absolutely. It's afternoon,
0: folks. I'm getting a little mixed up here.
1: But but that's that that is it. So it's it's the offering of what we have, which we are a parent. So we're we're meant to be in that role, fully knowing that we're not. I mean, if we're honest with, with, with ourselves Mm -hmm. that we're not perfect Mm -hmm. and our words may not come out the way that we want them to, Mm -hmm. but giving, giving those words to the, let, let my words be your words, or at least let him or her her receive what I'm saying. That's a prayer. I mean, and so I think praying, integrating it, you know, is into the way you look at it before you speak to them. Um, as you're speaking to them, um, for both peace and comfort, all those things, just minor, you know, at a, at a stop or at a point, you know, Lord, just Holy Spirit, just give me Jesus, come be part of this. We're gathered in Your name, and allow what what I'm say what I'm saying to be in line with what You want said, and allow it to have the impact as if you were saying it. I mean, those are some because I mean, so
0: often we're just we're impulsive,
1: you know. Oh, we, I, I, me, I'm, I'm awful about that
0: no, you can't do that. Or yeah, whatever. That's fine. Uh, right. I, I'm doing this. Don't bother me. Right. Be, I mean, I, I've never said that, but no, <laughs> I, I know. I'm just speaking for my own soul.
1: I'm sure everybody out there has, but so pray is important and it's, it's pray before, but it's praying as you're going through it and yep. recognizing all the help that you have yep. and allowing that to happen. So praise first, if you're going to go make disciples of your children the second one is, is go, <laughs> you know, I, I, in this, I said that we, we can get stuck in prayer mode, you know, so to speak, and just, and just praying, discerning, all that type of stuff. At some point we have to, to go bring the, the five loaves and two fish or, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, w- you know, we, we, we want to go. The other thing is, is we can have a great you know, prayer time and, and get stuck in, in, um, you know, like I always, I always say that, you know, when Peter and James and John were up on the Mount of Transfiguration that we, when we have a moment that's like, oh my gosh, you know, this is so awesome. Well, we're not contemplative fully. We're, we're in the active life if we're, if we're doing it. So contemplation should, should empower us through that prayer, but then we do have to go down from the mountain, so to speak, and actually get in the nitty gritty of life, which is the simple, should, should they be going to spend the night with this person? Is this appropriate? You know, and being intentional, looking at that, and then trying to engage them in that. So we have to go to that. And this is what I think is really important. So the catechism also in 905, I have it, it says this evangelization is accomplished in the ordinary circumstances of the world. So we don't have to go on a retreat as a family or have a moment. It happens in the actual (laughs) events of real life. You know, when I think about, I think I've shared this story before, but, but, my son was a huge, my oldest son loved baseball. I mean, one of the few people that loved practice. I mean, he, he loved everything about it. And one day when he was probably eight, I remember getting ready to go, um, I think it was to a game, and it started to rain. <laughs> mm. and, and it was pouring, and we went up there, and, and the game was going to get canceled. And, you know, he said, why would God do this? You know, I mean, I, I love to do this. And I, mm-hmm. and and so sometimes the best way to, you know, there's, there is an opening. First off, obviously he knows that God's in charge. So why would God do this? That's a good thing. But that opens the door. And I said, well, why do you think he would do that? I mean, who else like maybe needs rain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And then we just walk through that. That was the, a grace moment. And he was like, well, I guess, you know, maybe the farmers, it's, it hadn't rained very much. And I'm like, there you go. So you think that maybe that's something that might be more important than a baseball game? There might be people who need it more than that. It's like, yeah, yeah, okay. But, but that's the way you go about it. It happens in those moments that occur day to day, you know, but we've talked about Madison not making the the, the dance team that all her friends had made and the fact that 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 how much that hurt. But then you know, what does God want from that? To bring God into the equation and allow him to do it, but then point to them and say, There's more going on here than just being rejected or just being told you can't play a game that you wanted to play. Um that's a Catholic perspective. That's a Christian perspective. And that's evangelization because you're, you're, you're showing that it matters in real life. I mean, that these things happen in real life. So, um, anyway, um, so go, so you go and you go about your day to day and, you know, and you live that out. Um, so uh, to live is the third thing. So you pray, then you go and then you live. And the witness, the testimony of our life is the first means of evangelization. It's that integration and that, um, I guess um, the subjective faith that that goes into that. Um, the bottom line is that several, in a couple of lines, you know, don't tell me that you love me, show me that you love me. And so, to live that, if you if you want your kids to know, um, what is what is this? What's the old saying? You know, you have to to, to you have to, um, they have to know that you care before they care uh-huh. what you know. And so, oh yeah you yeah, know, yeah, you know, you have to you have to go and and live a, uh, and so one of the things that that I think is important to re, um, address frequently. Is why you know why are you doing this? I mean f- to remind them that I'm not I'm not saying no to this for my sake. You know I've I've shared this story before, but my my oldest son again was loved to play video games and and it was getting out of control. There was just a a lot. And one time during the summer when he didn't have anything and I was trying to go to sleep. He had been on for an hour or two, and, and I said, you need, to turn, you need to turn that off. And again, sometimes the best answer is just why. Because he's like, Dad, you can go to sleep. I mean, I'm, I'm not bothering anybody, and I don't have anything else to do. And I said, so ask yourself why. Why is Dad up <laughs> when he could be asleep? is it because it's in my best interest is it for and so to try to put it back on them and and say this is for you and again that that living in 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 a domestic church again to mimic or to try to be a a, a sign of of who the church is authority is not what the world says it is and that's why kids i think rebel so much because they 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 see authority as being somebody's trying to put them down the man's trying to put them down Authority from a Catholic Christian perspective, the authority that you're given as a father or a mother is, is at the service of the person you have authority over not to get them to shut up because you, because you want to watch something, but, but what's in their best interest. And you need to constantly remind them and even help them walk through. Um, why do you think that I'm saying it's probably not good for you to play anymore? I mean, why? Well, I mean, it can be addictive. That's not good for you. Um, are there, aren't there other things you can do that, that might be more productive? I mean, aren't there things that would make you better? Like Stephanie's notorious, um, which happened years later, um, smashing of the, uh, of the Xbox, which still doesn't have a place in our house, the college student who, at the moment that she, because she had said, "Don't do it," and it was impacting our whole family, and and it was, it's a, uh, an epic moment in our in our family that she just pulled it out of the wall, and 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 um, I'm not recommending this, but but the next day, my college student sitting at the table, um, looked at her and said, "I'm not happy that you did it, but I've gotten so much done today." <laughs> I've got so many, so many things and he was like, wow, that, that, I mean, I don't think he said thank you, but there was a sense in which he's he's not going to say thank you. He wouldn't, but he, but he was saying something like, wow, I didn't realize how much having that was keeping me from doing things that I needed to be doing. And that's the aha moment (laughs) that, that we're looking for that what what we're doing, but we have to remind them over and over. And you need to make sure, I need to make sure, we all need to make sure that when we're correcting or we're asking them to stop doing something, is this for them, not is it for us? Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes it could be for us, and that might be reasonable. But lots of times I found myself telling them to be quiet because I wanted to watch something that really I could watch later or I could have done, and that's not the purpose of authority. Yeah. Um, it, it could be you can't do that because other people are studying. It gets in the way. And those are things that are reasonable. But bottom line is connect that dot for them.
0: I think another idea coming off of
1: what you said about the the
0: wielding of authority or the purpose of authority, you know, re- recognizing that all throughout the gospel accounts and a lot of the Paul Pauline letters emphasizes too that Christ was obedient, right? First, right. He's obedient to the father's will. And he proved that by his crucifixion and death. That's something also that has to be understood about authority is that you're not going to be able to wield and use the authority that you have child when you are no longer a child and you're an adult. If you have not first learned how to be under authority and be obedient to uh, the rules and the expectations, and because otherwise, because if you are if you flaunt if you flaunt the rules and you break out of the 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 discipline, then when you have authority placed in your hand, or you have you know independent, you can even look at independence as a right. as a th- kind of authority, you are going to f- to
1: wield that irresponsibly, most likely. You're going to wield it f- selfishly, right? And so a couple things on that. One, that's kind of like we, we always say that we would tell our kids we're moving towards freedom. We're moving away from no's to yeses. We want, we want to be known for looking for the opportunity to say yes to certain things and helping them understand why limitations are there. So from very early on, I think it's very important. We required of our children to say yes, mom or yes, dad. Mm-hmm. We also, as they got older, allowed them to say, "May I ask why?" after they said "Yes?" and if you think about it, that's what we as Catholics are meant to do with the church we're We're meant to assent mm-hmm. to the authority of the church, mm-hmm. but we do have we do we we, we may ask why after assenting <laughs> and so I think that's a good habit to just say, okay, if I tell you then, then the the first response out of your mouth and you have to start young with this is yes, mom or yes, dad. Mm -hmm. And then as they got older, we would allow them to say, may I ask why? And sometimes the answer is yes, you may ask why. And that's why I think it's important to know the moral reason why going into something. And if you can't, if you can't, Articulate that you don't have to do it. Then uh, I, what we sometimes would say, you may ask why, but right now I need you to do this, and we can talk about that later because we don't have time to talk about it now. So put the toys up. We've got to we've got to leave right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, but but I'll talk to you about why later. But but I think as parents we do need to ask ourselves, is there a reason? for their benefit or for the benefit of others, that they should do it and be able to explain that. You may not know it off the top of your head, mm-hmm. um, but it flows from obedience first. <laughs> it's not, I have to explain it to them and then they, oh yeah, okay, I'll obey. No, you're going to obey and I'll explain why um, now or later. Um and and that has to be built in. We're looking at old videos, and it's funny to see you know Stephanie on the on the on the video, and uh-huh. somebody acting up, and and you know even with the things we'll say, you know Trevor, you know don't do that, and to see that we had trained them to say yes, Mom, you know, um, that's important. So I think you're dead on with regard to um, the need. For obedience to be the beginning of that. But sheer obedience without connecting with the why um, does not make it their own. So springboarding to what you were saying with regard to freedom down the road and their ability to handle freedom as they leave, that's the goal, right? I mean, we have to say no to things. As adults, we have to say we can't do that, right? Mm -hmm. So, so we we need them to integrate it, so to speak, into their own life, to have an understanding of why, not simply because mom says this, you know, or dad says this. It needs to be part of their own reasoning, ultimately. So you need to show- Part of that subjective, goes back
0: to that right. subjective faith, forming that subjective faith, making so the, it their
1: own. Right. So So we always say it's, you know, if you parent in the tube <laughs> where everything is- is no or yes based on what mom, well, the minute that they leave the house, they don't have the wherewithal to be able to make decisions uh, in their own life. What you want to do is look for and provide opportunities for them to, to make decisions on their own. Talked about again, this with, with, um, with Madison as a 20 year old, you know, asking what I thought about a movie. We've talked, you know, talked about that, but But her wanting me to tell her she couldn't go because she wasn't sure she wanted to go um, to a movie with her friends and she wanted to use me as an excuse, which is not a bad thing. Lots of times I say use me as an excuse. Mm -hmm. But in this particular case, I was like, no, this is a choice you need to make. Here's what I think you shouldn't go. But you're a grown. I mean, you're pretty much a grown woman and you have friends that are doing. Why don't you? suggest another movie or suggest something else. Well, she went ahead and did it because I wouldn't tell her. Dad says, no, you're, you're old. I mean, you're old enough to make this decision. Mm -hmm. She went to the movie anyway. She came back and she said, dad, I shouldn't have gone. And, and again, what do I, what, what does that say? I said, Well, you know, I'm sorry that that it was a bad experience. Uh, You know, I think there was a way for you to know it. So maybe the next time you ask me, if I say, I don't think that's wise, that you'll maybe take it a little bit more to heart and make that decision based on seeking guidance. But it's got to be your decision ultimately. That's what you're trying to form in your children, that they can actually make it their own and say, you know, I'm not going to do that down the road because I know it's not the right thing. Not because mom and dad say it's not the right thing. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, that's part of living it. Okay. And the last one is to look and that, that goes. So you've prayed, you're, 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 um, you're going and then you're living out this, living out this faith and you're, and you're integrating it into your lives and the discussions that you have with your children. The fourth thing is stuff that we've already, that we've actually kind of been going around here is that you have to be on the lookout for those opportunities to share that. And this is where I, I actually make reference to what you were saying, you know, preach always use words when necessary. The witness of life is not sufficient um, by itself. And, and again, I'll, I'll quote what you already did, which is also in 905, the witness of life, however, is not the sole el- element of the apostolate and your apostolate as a parent is to your children. The true apostle is on the lookout for occasions of announcing Christ by word, either to unbelievers or to the f- to the faithful. So with regard to children, we're looking for those opportunities. When it rains and their hearts are broken because they're not going to play the game that they want to play, you're on the lookout. When they're doing something that they shouldn't do, you're on the lookout. When 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 they're older and you know they can make the decision... You're on the lookout to make them make the decision. (laughs) You're constantly trying to move it to their own. My son Kennedy the other day, I I may have mentioned it before, but he had told me, um, hey, dad, you know, a year ago, I would have said I'm Catholic simply because y'all are Catholic. And now I'm trying to make it my own. I'm like, that's dead on. Yes. That's what I want. You should I want. be. You're, you're like sh- cheering that. Well, I'm saying that you you should. Yeah. You should understand why you believe. You should understand why your parents believe. But it has to ultimately be, be your own. Right. And that's it. And then on the lookout, um, last thing, Madison called just as I was walking into this. And she was talking about a potential job opportunity that um, had come hey. and she was and she was saying, you know, dad, what do you think about this? And I said, well, you know, what do you think about it and going through it? And she's like, I think, I don't, I don't think God wants me to stay here in Houston. And this would be taking a job in Houston. I said, well, you know, that's a first firsthand and maybe that's not the right thing, you know, and then walking her through, you know, are you at peace with, with this decision? Is mm-hmm. it, I'm really not. It's, it's just the idea And I'm, and, and so always be on the lookout, even for grown children, like you said, it never goes away. Be on the lookout for those opportunities to tie the faith back into what they're doing, that it's God leading them and for them to challenge them to listen to God at work in their hearts, you know, to have them, how do you feel? Do you think God wants you to do this? No, I'm not really at peace. Well, that would mean that at least at this moment, it's not a yes. <laughs> yeah. So you can investigate some more, but just know that you should have a peace. You should have an excitement. You should have something that's drawing you towards it, not just the intellectual. It's a move up. And anyway, so always be on the lookout yes. for that. So good anyway, pray, go evangelize, live it out, and then be on the lookout for those opportunities to link lived experience with the faith.
0: P-G-O-E-L <laughs> P-G-O-L <laughs> That's pretty are we to have awful. to work on that one.
1: That's not a good one. I, I, I might have to do it. But anyway, always remember guys, I hope this was helpful. Uh, pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. I promise you you will, every time. God bless you guys. Pray for us, we'll be praying for you. Bye.